Welcome to Simply Cyber. folks today is tuesday december 13th i thought it was wednesday <laughs> until about five minutes ago so welcome to tuesday everybody welcome to episode number 260 of simply cyber's daily cyber threat briefing i'm your host dr gerald dozier and over the next 45 minutes i'll be delivering the top cyber news stories of the day directly to you and giving my analysis my opinion my thoughts on each story on what it means to you as a practitioner or if you're looking to break in the industry, there's definitely value for you here. Don't think that it's overwhelming, intimidating. Just dive in, get immersed, and we're going to have a good time for the next 45 minutes. But before we get into it, I do want to say shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors who help in part make the stream possible. Starting off with our good friends, Eric Taylor and the gang over at Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done for cyber incidents. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Got the site right here up on the stream if you're live with us. Scroll down half a click. There's Eric's calendar. Boom, you get right on it. Have a Zoom call, have a, a phone call, whatever works for you, and talk about your company and your needs, right? Also want to throw some love to Eric Capuano, the CTO over at Recon InfoSec. Listen, y'all, Recon InfoSec's Managed Detection and Response, MDR. If you don't know that acronym, learn it. MDR, Michael Delta Romeo. MDR offering includes the people, process, and technology needed to deliver full-spectrum security operations to organizations of any size, okay? Small, medium, large, doesn't matter, any size. Their MDR service includes fully managed SIM and SOAR and customers gain full visibility into their own environment as well as any incident investigations being worked by the Recon SOC. Guys, I say this all the time. You can see the Recon InfoSec's website on the stream right here. Links in the description below. If you are at a business and you need help with your information security, right? Like day-to-day -day operations, you're one person shop a one-man band you're matrixed like your bsec your your network engineer but somehow you're also all of infosec and you can't get budget for an fte mdr service is a legit option people it is it's outsourced infosec essentially but but in a meaningful way so go check it out if that's what you need now i want to say if you um 
didn't know, I want to remind you, if you hold professional certifications that require CPEs, I saw a lot of people in chat talking about getting cert exams this week, right? And uh, best wishes to you if you haven't taken them yet. And if you did, I hope you crushed them. Certs require CPEs in most instances. Most instances. I've looked at ISACA. I've looked at ISC squared. Each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing counts as a half a CPE. So two and a half a week, 10 a month. Be sure to say what's up in chat, which will document that you are here and literally enable you to earn CPEs the easiest and I would argue the most enjoyable way possible. Now, if you're live, love it. I see 96 of you here right now. Welcome, welcome all of you. Please come on down front. Plenty of seats for everybody. We'll get to the show in just a minute. If you're on hashtag team replay, if you're watching on replay, listening on your audio podcast app of choice, listening on LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, whatever. Thank you for checking the show out. I know the time doesn't work for everybody, but do drop a comment, hashtag team replay. I want you to get credit for those CPEs. I want you to be part of the community. Thanks so much for kept, catching the stream. If you wanna jump right to the news, you have the power to do that by skipping ahead about two minutes. But for the next two minutes, I am going to be saying what's up to my friends in chat. Axiom Brevity with the, with the, uh, with the squad share. Very nice, Axiom. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Enjoy those squad emotes, y'all. Watching on YouTube. Jeremy Williams. Jeremy Williams with the super chat. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Two things. One, I was going to tease this later, but Jeremy Williams, look what look what's dropping in 37 minutes, my man. Thank you, Paula Terranova, for the squad. For the squads. Hey, paramedic to cybers dropping in 40, 37 minutes. Definitely take advantage of those squad emotes, guys. Just click on the thing. If you're on YouTube, everyone gets one. Love it, love it, love it. Guys, Jim Wales, what's up? Kayla Rose, what's up? Good to see you. Hey, amigos, good morning to you, too. Remember, tomorrow's Worldwide Wednesday, so we're going to run the, the, the world. We have a new feature for tomorrow. And I saw Mark Lester in chat. I want to say shout out, guys. The show used to be 60 minutes. It's been pared down to 45 minutes. Mark Lester in chat is the person who I had a conversation with in August about about the show. And he's like, it's just I, I wish it was just a little shorter for time for time purposes. And I put the I put a poll out to chat and we all agreed to tighten it up. So thank you, Mark Lester, for helping uh, be a catalyst of change. What's up, BSEC Network? All the things. Dan Reardon, Aaron KG's in the house, James Aduko, uh, Ed Okudo, excuse me, Tom Bishop. All right, guys. Carrie, Retail the Cyber is in final editing. That will be dropping either later this week or early next week, I promise you. Randock Gaming with a squad. Guys, Adam Lieb, enjoy that. Nathan Bolin, enjoy that. Michael McBride, enjoy that. Eric Taylor, enjoy that. Jess Bishop, enjoy that. George Strasberger with the super chat. What? Did we just become Woo. best friends? Yep. All right, guys. We are partying hard on a Tuesday. Dang, son. All right. Let's get into the news, y'all. See you at the mid-roll with Simple Minds. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity. Here we go. It's Tuesday, December 13th, 2022. India's foreign ministry leaks passport details. The publication Cyber News reports the global Pravasi Rishta portal, a platform for expats run by the Ministry of External Affairs of India, exposed personal information. 
Using a browser's edit function, any registered user could access details of any other user just by changing their user ID. This exposed names, email addresses, phone numbers, and passport numbers in plain text. Cyber News reached out to the Ministry of External Affairs about the leak. It didn't receive a reply, but the issue appeared fixed within a week. All right. So, so many squad members. It's Owen. So many squad members, guys. Much love. Thank you so much uh, for supporting the channel. And new squad members, enjoy. Jesus. Enjoy the brave robot. Enjoy that squad emotes. All right. Now, check this out, guys. Basically, there's two things I want to point out here. One, and correct me if I'm wrong, pen testers, but is this qualify or bug bounty people? Does this qualify as an IDOR bug? Basically, you could edit the parameter in the URL that was being uh, that was a unique identifier and edit it to access different accounts, right? So I'm I'm this passport portal. I'm user one two three four five. Base case is one two three four six. And all you do is edit the URL from one two three four five to one two three four six. This is not complicated, and it's it's a it's a really low hanging fruit as far as bugs go in web apps. Um, thank you. It is IDOR, so that's indirect, uh, or is it indirect object reference, uh, indirect data object reference, or something like that. A anyways, the point is this is sloppy work. Now I want to point out something. Obviously, this is as low-hanging fruit as it gets in web app uh, vulnerability pen testing. But I want to point out, this was a government website. And guys, unfortunately, the reality is a lot of governments, the way they contract out work, it's like cheapest option that meets minimum viable credentials, right? So, you know, it's you don't have like a scrutinizing uh, contract review process always. Sometimes it's literally just... Hey, we want an RFP. We want a request for proposal. Eight companies. We want a website built for um, passport things, right? And then like eight companies are like, here's my RFP. And an RFP, this this happens in government contracting all the time. Like who's going to be on the team? What have you, how, like what ab, web apps have you developed in the past? And what is your cost estimate? These are the three parts, right? And the And then sometimes, unfortunately, the government people will be like, they'll just... They'll just like skip to the back uh, where the cost estimate is and they'll be like, all right, $80,000. What's the next one? $60,000. What's the next one? $4,000. Let's go with the $4,000 one, right? And uh, sadly, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's not always that case, but it's called, there's a term for it in government contracting. It's like least, 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 um, somebody in chat definitely would know this, um, but it, it, it's a term. It's like least viable option or least something anyways that could be what happened here i wanted to tell you that just from a government contracting perspective to be mindful that the government doesn't holy jesus what barricade cyber solutions dropping 50 subs <laughs> oh my god get ready you want to talk about a hype train this 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 train's just left the station like the um like the Aerosmith roller coaster leaves the station at like a thousand miles an hour. Holy crap, Eric Taylor. Thank you so much for the squad support. Wow. Government contracting. Let's move on. All right. That's definitely going to unlock a couple emotes, y'all. Cloudflare Zero Trust Suite available to at-risk groups. The internet infrastructure company already offers free enterprise-level cybersecurity services to journalists, activists, humanitarian groups, and election services through its Project Galileo and Athenian Project initiatives. 
Now it's adding its Cloudflare One Zero Trust Security Suite. This will monitor traffic and continuously validate users at all stages of digital interactions while on protected networks. It also includes DNS filtering and HTTP inspection and isolation to catch and filter phishing attempts. Over 10,000 organizations globally already use its Zero Trust platform. This is cool. All right, so this is cool. Um, geez, I mean, whew. again, thank you so much to Barricade Cyber Solutions and Eric Taylor, uh, not only being a stream sponsor, but also dropping 50 subs uh, here in chat. You guys, uh, it, it, killing it, killing it, killing it, killing it. All right, guys, so check it out. Um, there's two things I want to point out here. One, Cloudflare, uh, big name in the game. Uh, they were originally around just like DNS and uh, like denial of service kind of risk mitigation and stuff. But they've they've grown up. They're big boys now. And they can help. Um, they can help with all sorts of different security stuff. Now, the important thing here is that they are offering. They are offering their zero trust. Um, there's there's zero trust security product to for free. Here's what I wanted to tell you. To journalists, activists, humanitarian organizations, minority groups, state and local election services. So if you are in any of these, um, if you're in any of these groups, right? Public interest groups, election sites, state orgs. If you're in any of those, or you're related in any way to Project Galileo or in the Athenian project, definitely, definitely take advantage of this. This is um, a huge, huge value add. Um, I do have a cynical thought on it, but um, anytime that they do these things, it, you definitely want to do it. Like right when the pandemic first hit, um, people were like getting Zoom for free and all these other things. And you want to take, like, it's nice to take advantage. Now, I do want to point out um, from a cynical Jerry perspective, yes, 10,000 orgs use this platform. Yes, it's free for state and local election and anyone, Project Galileo and Athenian. There is a thing called vendor lock-in. I want to remind you guys, vendor lock-in is a term that means um, you you get on with a product, right? You get on with a vendor, and then it's incredibly difficult to get off of that vendor. It's called vendor lock-in, and it, it, it almost becomes too expensive to get off of them, right? So like you're like, oh, this product kind of sucks, but it's it's $8,000 a year. How much does it cost us to migrate? Not not to the new platform. Like even if the new product was also eight thousand dollars a year, you have to like you have to run a project. You have to, maybe you have to touch all the endpoints with agents. Maybe you have to get educated and train your staff up on a new technology. And you're like, that's going to cost us sixty thousand dollars and three months of work. It's too painful. Let's just continue using the product that we don't like at eight thousand dollars a year. We'll kick the can down the road for another year. This happens all the time, and this is why. You don't need to have a necessarily great product in order to be a successful business because if you can lock in clients, you're screwed. This happens in the MDR, by the way, all the time. MDR all the time. I like Recon InfoSec's MDR service, but I know I've talked to people. There's someone in chat right now who I'm not going to name their name, but I've talked to personally that has an MDR service that stinks. There's no value add to it, but it's, it's like a long-term contract. It's painful to transition off. So anyways, just be mindful. If you do take advantage of this Cloudflare Zero Trust, be clear about what the, um, what the terms are. You know, do you, is it free for a year and then you start paying after a year? Is it free forever? Can you get that in writing? All right. So anyways, long story short, 
This is great, though, if you fall into that category of people who are in that Project LA or Athenian project. Way to go. These squad supports are still coming over here. Love it, love it, love it. Elite gunslinger. No, I keep my... One thing you guys will know about me, I have, I am, I, I do respect people's privacy. I have a lot of secrets. Um, and I, you know, the reason that I get them is because I don't share them. So let's keep rolling. Greece outlaws spyware. Lawmakers in Greece approved new legislation to ban commercial spyware in the country, as well as reforming rules around wiretaps. Use, sale, or distribution of spyware in the country now carries a two-year minimum prison sentence. This ban doesn't come out of the blue. Back in August, politician Nikos Androulakis said he had been targeted by predator spyware <laughs> by the country's National Intelligence Service in September 2021. Subsequent reporting alleged that spyware was used against other politicians and journalists. All right, looks Rant. like we, we got another <laughs> we got another one. Like as if the train wasn't bullet training, uh, you know, down down the road. Eric Taylor and Barricade Cyber Solutions dropping another 50 subs. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Oh my goodness. I'm just gonna play a bunch of these really quick. All right. I can't play 50 of them. But everybody, enjoy those squad supports. Thank you so much for being here. 162 of you, 168 of you in chat. Eric Taylor, Barricade Cyber Solutions, gifting out 100 subs this morning. So basically, almost everybody in, in stream right now is a squad member. Love it, love it, love it. All right, guys, so check it out. In Greece, they've passed a law that makes it... There's two really interesting things here. First of all, well, this isn't one of my two interesting things, but it was a very close vote. Very close, 156 to 142. Two days of debates. Uh, and ultimately, they have passed a law that has a two-year minimum prison sentence under the use, sale, or distribution of spyware in Greece. Now, guys, I want to share a couple things with you. One, when we talk about spyware... Yeah, like there's the there's the goober spyware where it's like, you know, you, you sell uh like you install some type of like keylogger or something on, on your on your computer. This is probably not talking about that. This is talking and I'm reading right now this book, which is awesome. If you got the newsletter, the Simply Cyber uh, weekly newsletter, I actually put this in the newsletter that I'm reading it. Um, this is more likely talking about NSO group Pegasus software, like legit commercial grade, stealthy espionage grade spyware. Um, and dude, the fact that they are making it a minimum two year sentence in prison for the sale, use or distribution of spyware is no joke guy sale of spyware. So you could just be a vendor, not doing anything nefarious. And guess what? Not on my watch, brah. So, um, Greece taking a really hard stand on this. I love it. Um, people are using spyware. The NSO, um, again, in this book, Nicole Pelroth, uh, cat like captures just like Mexico was using it all over the place. Um, this, this Pegasus, uh, spyware, um, we've seen it used in Spain, uh, for the Catalina, uh, politicians getting spyware, right? It's supposed to be for law enforcement only and for government action only. And instead, once people get the keys to it, they they want to take it uh, off road and go, you know, spy on whoever they want. You know, girl that they dated in high school, um, a, a competitor, right? People are weaponizing it, and it's very, very powerful. So Greece, not on not on our watch. Two year minimum prison sentence, just like just like Australia and their data breach fines. You know, I'll be interested to see the first person who, who gets um, 
who gets, you know, adjudicated under this new law. Again, thank you so much for the squad support. Yes, the Catalina wine mixer. Takes down cash registers. Over the Black Friday holiday shopping weekend, shoppers at the sports retail chain Intersport in France saw signs that a cyber attack prevented using cash registers, gift cards, and loyalty programs. Since the incident, the Hive ransomware group took credit for the attack, publishing data claimed to have been stolen from the retailer on its leak site. It's not clear if Intersport paid Hive a ransom. The company said it didn't believe the attacks accessed any customer data. This is another cybersecurity black eye for Intersport, which saw it host Magecart payment skimmer malware on its website back in 2020. All right, so two things. One, Tom Bishop. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Thank you for the coffee, Tom Bishop. Appreciate it. Um, Hive Ransomware, one of the tier one uh, operators in the space, um, hitting a retailer. Now, uh, interesting thing about this, guys. I wonder how bad this is going to be for Intersport. They got hit on Black Friday. Dude, a lot of businesses, especially online retailers, they they skew their, their uh, financial performances around the holiday shopping season. So for not being able to uh, take a lot of transactions, people getting frustrated, people unable to do processing, that probably hurt them significantly. Um, Hive doesn't care. Hive is one of these... Um, Hive is one of these threat actor groups that doesn't, they'll, they'll, they'll hit anyone. They'll hit a grandmother, they'll hit a retailer, they'll hit a hospital, they'll hit a government. They don't care. They're equal opportunity um, as far as um, choosing their targets and victims. Um, it looks like Intersports is not going to negotiate with them and um, is not going to negotiate with them and probably not pay the ransom. Interesting. It is interesting to me that you can see here Hive um, is trying to encourage the firm to take the ransom demand more seriously, uh, or they, they might be. That's another thing. Like you'll see, um, ransomware threat actors in the negotiations, like really try to push you really like ask Eric Taylor in chat. Maybe, maybe we can have Eric on as a guest on simply cyber live. Um, actually, Eric, let me know if you want to be a guest this Thursday. My, my Thursday guest just canceled, um, this morning. So, uh, we could, we could do that. Um, but anyways, not a good look, not a good look for Intersport, just an online retailer. If you, if you are an online retailer, as I've said, like many businesses, you should have a defense in depth approach to your information security posture. Let's do the mid roll. And now a word from our sponsor, Fortra. The cybersecurity landscape is full of single solution providers, making it easy for unexpected cyber threats to sneak through the cracks. That's why Fortra is creating a stronger, simpler strategy for protection. One that increases your security maturity while decreasing the operational burden that comes with it. Fortra's integrated, scalable solutions help customers face their toughest challenges with confidence. Learn more at Fortra.com. That's F-O-R-T-R-A.com. All right, it's the mid-roll, so let's do a couple of things here. Guys, I want to say thank you. Thank you so much for being here. 175 of you cruising in here right now. Thank you to our sponsors, Barricade Cyber Solutions and Recon InfoSec. Appreciate all that you do with Simply Cyber. If you're getting value out of the stream or you're one of the 100 people who just became a squad member, take a hot second and hit the like button. It does go a long way. I put a lot of uh, effort and energy into the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Brief, and I get a lot of help from a lot of people, a lot of mods, Eric, Justin, 
bass, Aaron, Justin, um, BSEC, like Jeremy Williams, Tom Bishop, like the, it's a lot of work. The like button, it tells us that you're enjoying what we're doing. I want to thank all of you for being here. If you didn't know about it, I say it every stream, but every single Monday morning at 6 a.m., I send uh, an email that I write on Saturday to you. If you go to simplycyber.io slash newsletter, it literally has three pieces of information in it. One for your end users, one for your peers, one for your executives. And in a lot of instances, you can literally just copy and paste what I put in there into an email and immediately deliver value to your um, organization from a cyber risk reduction perspective. So go check that out if you want. Now, uh, while we're talking, I would like to solicit some feedback. Thank you, Nightbot. Thank you, Kimberly. That's for you, Kimberly. I do want to just uh, tell you guys about something and solicit feedback. On LinkedIn for the last two weeks, I've been doing these 60-second cyber newses. It's one a day, and it's a you know less than 60-second little news video of some piece of cybersecurity news done just like this. If you see it on LinkedIn, do me a favor and comment like what like not like to amplify it but comment like do you like it do you not like it would you like to see something else is it clear is it valuable like i want feedback because it takes me about an hour a week to do this and if no one's getting value then i'll just spend the hour doing something else the other thing i want to share is aaron kg's helping me here i just started trying to repurpose content into youtube shorts so you'll see shorts popping up on the Simply Cyber channel. Again, you know, the content I make is not designed for the shorts format, so I'm trying the best I can, but I'm always interested. I'm always interested in um, feedback, y'all, all right? And the final thing I'll say is if you got a sub, if you're one of the 100 people who got a squad sub today, first of all, welcome to the club. Second of all, there is a special role on the Discord server that you are entitled to as a squad member. Come over to the Simply Cyber Discord server and get your role. You have to uh, connect your YouTube to the Discord and it'll automatically populate your role. Giddy up on that. Now, as we are, as we are prone to do, let's do some la 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 la's and then get back into the news, shall we all? I love it. Guys, what a great day. What a great day. Cheers, everybody. Thank you so much. La, 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 la. Come on. Come on, Simple Minds. Give us some la, 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 la's. Here we go, y'all. So good. What a great day. What a great day, everybody. making exports to China get tighter. Bloomberg sources say Japan and the Netherlands agreed in principle to join the U.S. with tighter export controls on advanced chip-making equipment to China, impacting 14 nanometer and newer chip-making processes. This would block access to tools from the Dutch lithography specialist ASML and Japan's Tokyo Electron, critical suppliers in the chip-making industry. A formal announcement from the three countries should arrive in the coming weeks. Once enacted, this would represent a near total blockage on leading edge chip equipment to China. Yeah, so this is interesting. So China, you know, obviously well known as like, you know, tech manufacturer, everything's coming out of China. Well, 
<clears throat> like iPhones. But one thing that people don't realize, and I'm no expert on this, but there's a lot of YouTube videos, like China isn't building the chips. China is putting the technology together. They're like integrators or manufacturers. Like they build things, but they don't build the, the, the raw material. They assemble it, right? Well, right now there's like, obviously there's a, there's, <laughs> There's like a diplomatic kind of Cold War thing going on right now with economics, global economy, supply chain, all the things, right? And one of the ways to influence other countries, a, a way to assert national power is through diplomacy and economic mm, impacts, okay? So, for example, we sanction North Korea. So North Korea has to steal money um, using Lazarus Group because they can't really do um, international trade imports exports china is 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 uh, they still are a global player and a global power but the united states has been slowly backing away from them and putting in like we're not gonna you're not allowed to we just saw a story last week like you're not allowed to sell like huawei hike vision and a couple other pieces of technology right huge huge exports for um japan if you want to call it an export okay um this chip thing is huge, right? So we, United States, isn't doing that. Japan and um, the Netherlands are also major manufacturers of computer chips. Computer chips are critical if you're building a piece of technology, like fact. Well, if Japan and Netherlands are locking arms with the United States and saying, nah, we're good, brah, we're selling you uh, chips, China is going to, you know, like, China's got to get the chips from somewhere, right? If they don't have any flour, they can't make bread. You, you know what I mean? Like, to, to use a metaphor, right? So, this is a big deal. Now, China's obviously going to have to get the chips from somewhere, so they're either going to have to, um, uh, probably not, um, uh, hold on one second. Uh, so... China's have to get them somewhere. So, I mean, if, if I were China, right, what would I think? I would think, okay, like I would probably try to set up a shell company in a, a, in a, in a country that is friendly, right? So like maybe something in the middle, like, uh, I don't know, like Sri Lanka or, you know, I don't, I don't know what Sri Lanka's uh, politics are, but my point is try to like siphon the chips through to get them that way. But this is a big deal. Like, Again, this isn't really a cybersecurity story per se, but it is interesting from an uh, international um, situation perspective. So I actually need to get more informed on this, uh, and I will. So we'll see. Yeah. Okay, let's keep going. Twitter rolls out crowdsourced fact-checking. Over the weekend, Twitter began rolling out its crowdsourced community notes feature to all users globally. The feature began testing last year under the name Birdwatch. Previously, only U.S. users could see notes. Twitter will soon start enrolling community notes contributors from users outside the U.S. to submit and vote on notes. This comes as Twitter also began relaunching its Twitter Blue subscription service, which will offer additional checks against impersonating other accounts. Okay. Google. All right. So I like this idea. Um, obviously, I have a um, cynical Jerry comment about it. Uh, the idea is that Twitter, uh, Elon, so all of our new squad members... There is an Elon emote. Let's get some Elon up in here. Okay. Um, Twitter is trying to pull up from the nosedive that it's been in. Um, Elon is, you know, basically revamping Twitter, Twitter 2.0. Um, they're introducing community notes, which essentially looks like the ability is for 
consumers of Twitter and tweets to comment on the validity, the veracity, the quality, uh, the integrity of posts, right? And the idea here is that it will crowdsource um, fake news and um, you know uh, polarizing content that's supposed to be divisive. Okay, cool idea, right? So like in Reddit, there's upvotes and downvotes, right? And, and people are more interested in the upvotes. It helps curate the content so people get better experiences. So I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Now, here's the problem. Like, it's it's not, it's not it's trivial for some of these more sophisticated threat actors to have bots. It's not, it's not impossible for them to engage in this community notes feature. So then you have 10,000 bots like liking and, and, and approving or whatever, some type of fake news that's divisive. So I don't know how you're going to get around that. Uh, but you know, it, maybe there's some way to verify or validate the integrity of the, of the account that's about to engage in the community notes program in order to limit the amount of bot activity. Uh, but what did Alana say? Uh, a cynical Jerry emote. Uh, yeah, I don't know what that emote would look like, but we do need one. Um, I mean, I guess I always just try to think from a risk perspective, like how would how would someone weaponize this and how would I have to deal with it? So anyways, we'll see what it's going. Um, you know, I guess from from a from a independent objective perspective, I find or subjective. I find it interesting um, that finally Elon's rolling something out that isn't um, that's, a, you know, a feature uh, like he burned Twitter down and now he's like starting to build it up. And like the blue check marks seem like a quick cash grab. Um, that kind of it blew up all the integrity of the blue check marks. So now no one's got a blue check. I mean, everyone's got one. So there's no value in everyone in anyone having one. Um, so we'll see how this goes. Again, I'm happy that they're rolling this out two years before the 2024 elections in order to hopefully get this out there. But this is going to be a very important feature in two years. I guarantee you. The Mastodon server? Yeah, so it's InfoSec Exchange, Randall. Users request over Hong Kong protest anthem. Last month, the Asia Rugby Association played the song Glory to Hong Kong during the finals of its tournament in South Korea. The song is an unofficial anthem of the 2019 pro-democracy protests. Organizers blamed Human Error for playing the song, saying it was the top search result in Google for Hong Kong's anthem. Hong Kong Security Secretary Chris Tang requested Google replace the top result with China's national anthem, but said Google denied the change as its results are entirely algorithmically generated. China banned glory to Hong Kong in 2020 as part of a sweeping national security law. Whoa. Okay. So very interesting. Thank you, uh, Eric Silverman, Jay Smith. Yeah, guys. If... Greetings, Patrice Clark. You picked a great day uh, to join uh, the live stream. Guys, take a hot second and hit the like button if you would. 171 of you in here right now. Um, okay, guys. So another interesting, okay, so this was in the book. Uh, it had to do with uh, pr pr uh, the Aurora hack of Google in 2015, I think. But Hong Kong, you guys got to understand what's going on here. Hong Kong was, uh, you know, colonialized and part of, you know, the UK kind of, and then, or, or part of England. And then it, it got its independence and it's going to go back to China. China sees Hong Kong as like not its own country. Same, same with Taiwan. China sees it as like that. Now China flexes a lot. China flexes a lot. Okay. So with Google search results, China has implemented all sorts of mm, specific policies 
relative to the way Google is used in China. And it actually says in the book that uh, the two guys behind Google, the founders, said, well, we figured, you know, having some uh, search capability in China would be better than having no search capability. So they agreed to China's demands, uh, which involves things like when you Google uh, Hong Kong national anthem, it comes up with Hong Kong's independent national anthem, not China's national anthem. And China does not like that. China, China does not want these countries to um, identify as independent self-run states, right? They want you to be seen as part of the, the Borg, if you will. So Anyways, I find this interesting and it just highlights uh, a very nuanced aspect of international politics and something as simple as Google search results. I do think it's, I mean, not funny. It's not funny, but I do find it interesting that it was a human error. Like somebody literally Googled Hong Kong anthem and then just played the first result, <laughs> um, uh, which, you know, obviously went over like a fart in church, right? So there, there's that. China's deepfake rules set to go into effect. The Cyberspace Administration of China issued regulations forbidding the use of deep synthesis service providers to alter facial or voice data, known as deepfakes, without consent. The new rules go into effect January 10th. Chinese regulators say the move was meant to protect people from being impersonated and to prevent the spread of misinformation. It also said the move would spur deep learning and virtual reality industries toward more healthy development. This week on the CISO. All right, hold on. That's going to do it for the news. But I want to let me just give me a second to read through this story really quick. Um, I want to know like what they so they pass legislation around deepfakes. I I love deepfakes, by the way. Um, but I want to know what the rules are for the deepfakes, right? Like what what is it? Um, because it's going to protect people, okay. Um, but what like? All right. So this story, what a trash story. Come on, Reuters. Like, it, according to the story, China is passing rules around how deepfakes will be used. Nowhere in the story does it say anything about, like, what the content of the rules are. Um, all right. Well, whatever. So there's there's nothing here. But, but from a cyber perspective, deepfakes is real. I mean, deepfakes has been around for, like, five or six years. And <laughs> Justin... Uh, deepfakes has been around for five or six years. To the naked eye, you can't really tell. Uh, based on research and talks I've seen, notably one at Black Hat I saw, it's very easy for computers um, and software to be able to identify deepfakes because it's just like looking at the pixels and stuff. Um, it's very easy to see where the deepfake has been inserted. But to the naked eye, just like stenography, you can't really tell. Um, I want to point out that there's a, there's a company... Deep Brain AI. I tried to get a, a, a simulation of this, and they they started ghosting me when I told them what I wanted to do. But this that's Howie Mandel, totally fake. Um, this guy, totally fake. So I did I did one on the channel from Synthesia.ai or Synthesia.io. This company they make these um like like that's not a real person, okay? But these guys right here, these guys are legit. Um, much more advanced. To the point where, um, look at this guy. That's a fake guy. Very natural, very creepy. They even have, um, they have one where um, it's it's a it's a Korean uh, reporter, um, and hold on one second. Korean reporter, uh, deep brain, AI fake. 
Look at this. Uh, this woman right here, she's like basically this woman. This woman right here is basically like Korean Walter Concrete, Walter Cronkite, Concrete, Cronkite, Cronkite. Anyways, long story short, when something breaks in South Korea, this is the woman that everybody in the country sees. Like she's the face of the news. Well, she does the evening report every night. And if there's breaking news when she's around, she's there. But if something breaks in the middle of the night or something breaks on the weekend or she's in Bali on vacation and something breaks, they have a fully simulated version of her that will do and read the news naturally. And it's so real that it has to start every news break with, hi, I am a deep fake. Uh, I, I'm a synthetic avatar of you know, uh, Korean Walter Cronkite. And I, I apologize. I don't know her name. So I'm just, um, and then she says the news and everybody's just like, okay with it. It's insane. And by the way, can I just point out that if she were to die or disappear or anything, we could continue on as if there was no problem. Like there's so many dystopian futures where this is a problem, right? So the person in charge, right? President Snow from Hunger Games, right? You never age. You, like, and, and by the way, like I hate to be like conspiracy theory, Jerry, but like, think about this guy. Like if you get someone, right? And like they could fire her and just have this thing do it 24 seven and not have to pay a, pay a salary, pay additional things. Or like I was about to say, President Snow, let's say a world leader, uh, a, a Fidel Castro or whoever, uh, somebody who's like in power and not going to be elected out of power. If they made a deep fake version of them, when they do die, the people who are behind the scenes pulling the strings and everything, they could continue, just continue on operating as if everything's normal. Um, it's a It's a really scary kind of power grab type thing. Um, again, I'm not, I'm not, um, uh, uh, wearing a tinfoil hat here, but it's not, a it's not a stretch to think of those use cases, right? If I'm thinking of them, it's gotta be obvious to everybody, right? So I wanted to look at this technology. Um, I had a phone call with them. They, they, they are very close to the vest with this, but they did say for 50 grand, um, they'd fly me out to where they are and put me in a green room and film me and, uh, make a digital version of me. And, but 50 grand, I'm not going to spend 50 grand on a, um, you know, little science experiment or whatever research project. So anyways, as we are prone to do, that's going to do it for the news. I do want to let everyone know that in two minutes, um, we are going to be doing paramedic to cyber. I'm going to share this uh, on chat really quickly. I have to take my dogs to get uh, a haircut, so I won't be able to join you in ch in chat during the stream. But Jeremy Williams, please enjoy that. Thank you, Cody Bryant, for being our guest uh, for the interview. Guys, thank you, thank you, thank you so much to um, Barricade Cyber Solutions for the 100 squad subs. I mean, guys, wow. A lot of squad love in the chat. Make sure you take advantage of those. Um, make sure you take, take advantage of the uh, squad emotes, the squad roles in Discord. Thank you, Eric Taylor. Always a solid member of the community. I'll, t I'll reach out to you, Eric. My guest this Thursday on Simply Cyber Live will be Eric Taylor. And we'll be talking about dealing with 
threat actors. What does the negotiations look like? Are are some better than others? Can you uh, can you negotiate beyond just cash, right? I mean, do they take other things like, uh, I don't know, like access to tech or I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we'll find out. All right, guys, that's going to do it for today's stream. Much love. Thank you to everybody who made it today. Um, again, thank you all. I love I love the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I love Simply Cyber. And I just, I really appreciate all of you being here, being part of it. Y'all, enjoy the day. Crush it. If you got interviews or certifications, crush it. We'll see y'all tomorrow morning, 8 a.m., everybody. Be good. Enjoy Paramedic to Cyber. Thank you.